Hey, you guys, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. I know I had wanted to start a podcast for years and I just didn't know how to get started. Anchor made it so simple by giving me all the tools to record, edit, and even distribute my podcast across listening platforms like Apple and Spotify. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the podcast. This is your host, Michaela Nikolenko, and today I have on my husband, Vitaly, to talk about something maybe somewhat controversial, but really, not really, if, you, if you're a believer and you subscribe to the Word of God, and that is biblical gender roles within the household. So you always notice the things that you forgot to mention when you're going back and you're in the editing process. So right now, I'm going to attempt to fill in some of those blanks. If you're watching on YouTube, there is going to be a graphic. If you're along for the podcast, I'll attempt to just do it verbally. So that would be the Bible verse that is actually the foundation of a lot of what Vitaly and I are going to be speaking about on this episode. So that is Ephesians 5.21. And this is titled, Instructions for Christian Households. So God says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. And I want to pause for a second because a lot of people take this verse out of context. A lot of toxic men out there can use this verse to you know, encourage their wives to submit to them. But if they're not submitting to the Lord, then your wife isn't going to naturally submit to you. Out of your submittance to Christ, that's what allows her to comfortably and naturally submit to you as the husband. So God goes on to say, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. So this means like being the pastor within your household, leading her to Christ, reminding her of God's word. And then I'm going to jump to Ephesians 5.33. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So interestingly enough, God doesn't direct the wife to love her husband, but he does direct her to respect him. And he doesn't direct the husband to respect the wife, but he does direct him to love her. And that doesn't mean that you shouldn't both love and respect each other, but it does emphasize that you know one or the other is going to be more important depending on the gender of that spouse. 
Another topic that Vitaly and I go into that might be a little bit controversial is the topic of career and gender roles. And so me personally, I do have these big ambitious goals of one day being a stay-at-home wife slash mom. And that doesn't mean I'm not going to be productive within our household. Like there's lots of goals I have education-wise and um, creation-wise as in, you know, videos and content and books and going on to get my master's degree and where that's going to lead me, stuff like this. But I don't care about like working for recognition. I guess I would just say I'm not as career driven. So that is where I think our differences lie is V is super career driven and very ambitious. And I love that about him. I love that he wants to protect and provide for our household. And I really did seek that as a part of the qualifications of finding a godly husband, one who is naturally inclined to want to protect and provide for a household. But saying all that isn't me saying that, you know, a woman that has these big ambitious career goals is any less of a godly woman because that's just not true. And there's lots of examples in the Bible of these powerhouse women who are still in submittance to the Lord and to her husband. And we're going to go in deeper in this conversation about what that really means to be in submittance to your husband and why that's what's most beneficial for both of you. So without further ado, let's get on to the show. Well, hey, babe, how are you today? I'm doing great, baby. It's nice to be in the other room uh, <laughs> talking to you on this podcast. No, I'm really glad we're doing this. So I, I knew that we would be most effective if we were set up um, because you have your own podcast. I have my own podcast and we're really efficient when we're in our zones. But the minute you put us on a couch together, we're like looking at each other. It's like, over. Yeah. Yeah. It's over. And then add some Netflix on top of that and it becomes a completely different animal. Well, that's a whole other thing. I know. But I'm really glad that you would be on my podcast today. Little background. It was your 25th birthday this past week. Oh, yes, it was. Yes. So we had a really good week together. It was really bonding with us and with the family and just all the things. And I think Pop had us thinking a little bit about like the purpose of life because 25 is half of 50 and 50 is half of 100. And he got us all in that zone of thinking about life purpose. So I was curious to ask you at 25 years, what do you feel like, this is a big question, but what do you feel like the purpose of life is? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> See, I knew this. I knew this was coming. <laughs> like talking to you is not a joke. You know, anybody who's going to be on your podcast later on got to prepare for these questions. Uh, what is the purpose of life? My God. Um, well, first of all, um, I know it's your show, okay, but I'm going to steal it a little bit. Yeah. Um, I just want to thank you for having me. And I want to let you know, quite honestly, how immensely proud I am for of you for putting all of this together. I mean, I know, you know, this podcast kind of came into life after we got together. So I had the ultimate privilege of watching it grow from its conception all the way to where you are right now. And it's been fascinating. I mean, it hasn't been just smooth sailing all the way throughout, but it's just been such an incredible way to witness something amazing come to life. So I'm deeply honored, 
quite honestly, when you told me in the garage the other day, you're like, be on my podcast. I was like, of course. Are you joking? Well, when I'm just- well, I couldn't do it without you, honestly, even so far as, you know, just so everybody knows, even so far as setting up this space and choosing this backdrop and setting up my audio, like you are always there to help me and to show me the way. So nobody realizes how much Vitaly is really a part of everything that I do. Everything that I do, it's because of the team that we have at home. Yes, it's definitely us. You know, uh, to go back to your question, did you say the purpose of life? What is the purpose of life? Yes, yes. My God, you know, I feel like these definitions, they change, Mm. right? As we get older, more experienced, as our priorities kind of fluctuate through life. Because, for instance, before marriage, I had complete different priorities. You know, obviously family, you know about me, you know, family has been a big part of my life. But then I have a family of my own and now it's its own purpose, you know. But I would say in the general scheme of things, the purpose of life is to lead a godly-like life. And by godly-like, you know, not trying to be God, but trying to get as close to God as possible. And from that, everything else is going to stem. Good relationships, uh, success at work, um, inner peace, you know, which is what a lot of people look for. So I would say it's that. It's approaching that level of uh, Christ-like living uh, is what I think the purpose is. But there have been times in my life where I didn't, like, I couldn't even tell you what the definition would be, you know, sometimes like at some points in my life, it, I was like, yeah, life is meaningless. I have no idea. Yeah. But like I said, as you, get, as, as you grow and as you get more, you know, exposed to life more like getting married and things like that, things just come into place and come into a perspective. So I'm thinking something, there's a thought and I don't want to lose it. And this is about okay. marriage and knowing that you have your right spouse So (laughs) I think about this a lot. Um, You know, God put, God gifted us with unique gifts and skills and calling. And, um, you know, I think that when you come together with the person that you're going to marry or are married to, that hopefully, and, you know, the way that it should be is that this is a person that um, complements the ministry that God has placed on your life. And that doesn't have to mean like you're a pastor or you do ministry, but you know, when you love God, like he's working a purpose out in all of us, whether you're a garbage man or you are the the pastor on stage. And so for me, I just feel so much confirmation too, that you're my spouse, because like we complement each other so well. And the fact that like, we want to be speakers. We want to teach. We want to do podcasts. And this is a part of a big part of our, our purpose is to be sharing. And we, we really complement each other in that. And we push each other in that. And I feel like when you have come together with the person that God has really designed for you, it should be a compliment like that. Like this person complements the purpose that God has for your life. Yeah. Yeah. Or at the very least that the other person is not hindering the, the, your own progress or Mm -hmm. the vision that you have. 
you know, because I feel like just the same way that we are a unit, we're also individuals Mm -hmm. with our own needs, wants, desires, purposes, callings. You know, it doesn't have to be two people in in a union that God gave the same gifts to, you know, it could be, it could be different, but where the overlap I believe should take place is mutual respect and encouragement and this ability to just inspire each other to move on to that next level where you want to be. In our case, we kind of checked off all the boxes because we are interested in many of the same things. And so we can uplift each other in that domain as well. Right. When we first got together, of course, it was like, it was the social media. Like we met on Instagram. You had an Instagram, you're out there, you're talking to the public. I'm out there talking to the public. Like that's how we met was that similar place. But then when we we moved in together and we thought maybe we would do real estate together. Yeah. And I didn't realize this was as important to you as it was. Um, But since then, you brought it up a couple of times of like, yeah, well, I thought, you know, you were going to do real estate with me. And we quickly realized, you know, I I went through the course. I got my license really quick. I passed the test. No problem. But then when it came down to it, I'm not a salesperson and, and I just was not willing to pick up the phone. So that dream quickly, you know, went down the drain. But yeah. At the end of the day, like we're, we're rooted and uh, connected in something so much more than just like what we're doing for a living, I guess I would yes. say. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know that for me, my identity, and it may not be the best thing in the world, as they say, it's like a gift and a curse. You know, a lot of my identity revolves around my work and my performance and a lot of my achievements. And so, yeah, it would have been a cool thing to have done to have a joint business for you to join uh, my real estate business. However, however, it just wasn't meant to be because it doesn't matter what I want if you're miserable in that domain. Right. The whole thing falls apart. And then suddenly you start looking for other ways where we can both thrive. Mm -hmm. And as long as that, um, the seeking of that is in place, a lot of beautiful things unravel as a result, this being one of them. Yeah. You know, I was telling your sister because we have a lot of these conversations at the house. And this was another conversation that happened this weekend where she was like, well, you guys got to choose who you were going to love. So, you know, I want that. And I think everybody should have that. And I was like, hold on, hold on. Like, yes, we did get to choose, but let me just backtrack and explain to you the fact that I did it the way the world's way. Like I tried to find who I was going to love the way the world encouraged me to the way I thought that I should. And it, it just like blew up, blew up, blew up. And it Mm -hmm. wasn't until I I really sat down with God and I'm like, okay, I'm done with my way. Cause my way obviously sucks. It obviously fails every time. So you tell me how to do this. So it was only when I began to look for you within that framework of what God says I should look for in a husband that I, that I found you. And and that's how I think it all happened so quickly. And we got married so quickly is like, I did get to choose who I was going to love, but within the framework of what's biblical is what I was looking within. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I see that in business a lot, especially in the real estate space, but in business in general, you know, a lot of people who are unsuccessful, okay, they try to do it the way that they see fit, Mm -hmm. regardless of whether or not they have experience, but then they always seek help, you know, and there's always conferences with millions of people who've been attending the same seminars for years on years on years. And you wonder, you know, why, why are you stuck in that vicious circle? You know, obviously you need some outside help and surrendering to something that is proven to work. Yes. Operating within that domain and finding freedom in that type of discipline, I think is transformational. And so, yes, you're correct. You 100% were responsible for choosing your partner. The way you chose it was different. And obviously, we know the result now hopefully worked out for you, baby. Yes. <laughs> so we're on this topic of, you know, finding your spouse within a, a biblical framework. Um, yes. That makes me think of, I think it was something that I read on LinkedIn the other day. This guy was coming at people that are like always rebelling against the status quo. They're always rebelling against society and what the norms are and and all these things. And he goes, well, maybe conventions are conventions because they work. Like it's been proven over time that this is the way that works. And I think that within, you know, like biblical marriage, I get a lot of feedback whenever I post anything um, gender role related, especially in such a gender confused um, culture that we presently live in. Um, but once again, going back to the point of sometimes things are conventions because they work. I like that we both believe in biblical gender roles because it allows us the freedom to, to be who we were designed to be. I think that there's a lot of like issues that we experience internally when we try to define ourselves rather than existing within the perspective of who God designed us to be if that makes sense. Right. Um, Your last point was, we have to know that we exist within something bigger. It's not like this world or this creation revolves around us. No, we exist within this world and within this creation. And we are living according to God's plan, which really, it really just takes a load off because it's not on us. And like following the Bible, it really, it gives us this framework Um, to exist within without the burden of having to like recreate the wheel and recreate it in a faulty way when it doesn't align with how we were actually designed to be. Yep. Yep. And not only that, it just feels unnatural. Right. It just feels unnatural. That's why so many people have trouble just existing in the world is because they aren't listening to their internal you know, instinct of who they are, perhaps what they should be. Um, like I said, if there, if you don't have, if you, if you have an instruction manual to life, okay, and that instruction manual guarantees that this is how you live a life of prosperity. If, like, if you know, everybody wants, like, for instance, you know, recipe to success. Like, you go on YouTube and it's like top 10 things you should do to be successful or whatever. Like here's a self-help book that's going to help you blow up with money and relationships and whatever else. If I gave you that instruction manual and I said, look, I guarantee that it's going to change your life. Mm -hmm. 
why wouldn't you take it? Yeah. Why wouldn't you at least give it a try? Just because the word Bible says, you know, it's said on the cover of it doesn't mean that it's not legitimately accurate. Yeah. You know, and so I feel like people just don't like to follow instructions and don't like to follow directions and they start coming up with their own thing and they fail every time because they rely on themselves. Yeah. Stop relying on yourself and go to a source that is bound to change everything. Yeah. And I feel, I feel like I, um, kind of, I tried to deny, I tried to deny who I was for so long, like how God actually designed me because I was ashamed because we live in a world where it's like, there's so much like, um, energy directed towards women of like, you need to be like a boss, a boss woman and like run, run stuff and you don't need no man. And, you know, there's just this message towards women of like, pretty much like stepping into more masculine energy and, and being that rather than being the, the soft feminine, but still powerful, powerful in the softness feminine woman that God designed us to be. And it makes me think we were watching the movie last night, uh, my big fat Greek wedding. And, you know, the women came up with this plan and they're like, okay, we have to make pop think that this was his idea because he's the head of the household. It has to be his say. Uh, How did she say it? She was like, he might be the head, but I'm the neck. She's like, I make the head look where I want the head to look. And so women of the past, they knew their influence they knew the power that they had in the relationship and but they would still respect the man enough and honor him enough to to let him at least think that it's his idea um yeah and so now i feel like there's like women are just trying to be this like masculine force and it's it's creating relationships that just a just aren't how God designed them to be and B they're not truly happy because the woman doesn't really get to rest in her feminine essence when she's always trying to take control of everything. Well, and look, it doesn't mean that women are not allowed to be successful, that they're not allowed to be powerful. In fact, I am a big believer in the fact that women possess so much intellectual power and not only just intellectual, but also emotional power as well. And emotion is perhaps just, you know, a human being's most precious asset because it gets us, you know, it has, it has this capacity to just like open up so many different dimensions, you know, if you will. So it doesn't mean that a woman can't be powerful. It doesn't mean that she can't be this boss lady. It doesn't mean that she can't own a company. It doesn't mean that she's this you know, useless attribute of society. People have to stop thinking uh, about women in those terms. I have never been more pushed in my career than when I met you. And it makes me really uncomfortable. Like, I don't want to do the things. I can't wait until I don't have to do the things. You know, ideally, you know, this podcast would grow, my books would flourish, everything like this, where I can be at home and with the family, because that's really where my heart is. Like, I just want to be with family and animals and I want to be creating and writing and teaching and stuff like this. But in the meantime, you know, I have to grow a career as well. And you really push me in that. And 
I was a waitress when we met and now I am a social media manager at a marketing firm. And so that's just within one year watching my, my salary double and my professional credentials just um, exponentially grow because you do continue to push me in that way. And so, yeah, this isn't to say like a woman um, can't be successful in those areas or shouldn't be successful in those areas, but I'm going to be honest and be like, you know, this is what I'm doing in the time being, but I can't wait until I can be at home and with family. No, it's, it's, it's never been a conversation where it's like, okay, you're a woman, you have to stay home and, you know, occupy your space in the kitchen and you're going to be a babysitter for the rest of your life. Absolutely not. There's so much potential that you have specifically. That's just, it's screaming, you know, out to the world. And I'm very blessed to be able to motivate you to live up to that potential and exceed it, you know? Uh, But, you know, at the same time, uh yes you know there's just basics there's fundamentals like the bible says you know the husband is respected the wife is loved mm-hmm. there is there is just regular genuine roles that exist within a household every single member of that household is important there's nobody uh above anybody else you know just different functions like we're just all different functions Yeah, we're all equal, but we have different functions. And you said, oh, the wife needs to feel loved and the man needs to feel respected. We've heard a bunch of our pastors um, speak to this and how, yeah, like, and I think that is why a man is more drawn to career than women are typically is because of that, like, biological design that... I don't know if it goes back to like hunter gatherer days. He went out and hunted and he had to come back and show like I can provide for my family. And, you know, a man, a man wants to feel respected. So I feel like that is why he is more drawn towards career and a woman wants to feel loved. And I feel like that is why she's more drawn towards family and serving the family. And honestly, like that feels natural. That feels true to me. Even so say you don't, you're not just following what the Bible says about it. It's just like, it's literally ingrained into our DNA is how I feel. Yeah. And just look at the way that we've been designed. You know, it always goes back to the beginning, right? It always goes back to the basics. The man was created to work. That was his function. Mm-hmm. He wasn't created to pet the animals or, you know, to swim yeah. in the lake. He and then the wife created, to be the helper. And the wife to be the helper, the helper of the husband, mm-hmm. which is which is just as important. You know, we were discussing the fact that a strong woman, a wise woman, a wise wife always finds a way to uplift the household, which is the husband, you know, and that union creates something incredibly powerful. So women shouldn't feel by no means should feel inferior. In fact, I would say they are the more important part, you know, of society because they have such a such a great responsibility on their shoulders. I like what Mike, Mike Todd said about how the woman is the the main prophet of the household. Whatever she speaks into the husband is what it becomes. So if you're yeah. speaking like criticism and lack and this and that, then like he begins to come into that. But if you're speaking encouragement and upliftment and like you can be successful and, you know, like we are going to be wealthy and happy and have this and that, like that's that's also what it can become. Yes. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I would, uh, like I said, anybody who, you know, questions what is the role of what I would just, like I said, go to the basics. Now, whether you believe in those basics or not, that's a whole different conversation. But, you know, to me, it's all biblical, and it clearly describes the reality of the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't feel like I was created to work. I do feel like I was created. Oh, I know that. (laughs) I feel like I was created to create and to love and to be a cheerleader. Um, It even I go back to I think I was in kindergarten when we had to make this chart. And you had to write like you, you drew all the, we drew all these pictures and stuff. And it was the question of what do you want to be when you grow up? And I wrote, I want to be a cheerleader and I want to be a mom. And that's literally still true today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like I said, it doesn't mean that women pastors shouldn't exist or women CEOs shouldn't exist. Yeah. Like I want to stress this point so hard because it gets taken out of context. Yeah. There is so many women out there who carry a lot of responsibility on their shoulders and are invaluable to the world. There is just more to it than that. Yeah. You know, especially in the context of the household. You know, there was actually a clip, I think, uh, from Steve Harvey show. And this lady was asking him a question. Uh, She was, uh, her and her husband are both in the military. And she had a higher rank in the military which is, you know, an interesting dynamic when your wife has a higher pay or a higher rank, you know, in the place where you work, which is a whole nother conversation. But, you know, I, if I recall it correctly, she was expressing that he, you know, felt a certain way at the house, like he still wanted to be the man of the house. And I think what, what, what Steve told him, told the woman is that, you know, your function in that household is to be able to cater to your husband, not in a demeaning way, but uplift and inspire and motivate and be that support system outside of the workplace. And I think it's true. Yeah. I wonder how they go about that because I know that's something for you is like, before you even met me, you're like, I never want to be with a woman that makes more money than me. And I personally would never want to be with a guy that I'm able to make more money than. And I, I saw that in you from the beginning. Like I just see so much potential and I see who you are and what you can do. And I knew that, you know, it, the burden would never fall on me. If that makes sense. Well, I think, I think it is the man's responsibility to to carry the household. You know, it goes beyond who earns what, I think the last thing you want is to find comfort in your wife's uh, finances or in her ability to carry you through. I don't just, I just don't believe that it's a natural way of doing it. Again, not to demean anybody, but if you look at, if if you just close your eyes and you conceptualize an image of a man, um, you know, being under somebody's wing is not something that easily comes to mind. Yeah. yeah, it's independence, it's strength, it's the ability to move forward no matter what. It's the function and the skill set um, to carry people forward. Yeah. You know? And um, yeah, that's what it is. And how, my point to that too, is like, how is he supposed to feel, you know, res- respected and respectable if he is under the wing of his wife. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not to say, I know a lot of 
like who knows like maybe like my channels and my books and like everything blows up and I do start making so much money I think it'll just push you to want to do and be more (laughs) yeah and like that wouldn't be a problem like you shouldn't you know, hope for your spouse to not be successful in something, just be, right. you know, that's called insecurity. Exactly. You know, that that's, that's just called not being able to, uh, to believe in yourself so much that, you know, you're hindering somebody else's process. It's not about that, but it's right. about this genuine conviction that you have the ultimate responsibility for your household. And that no matter what happens, you are there to carry it through. Yeah. And even for people, once again, that don't believe in the Bible, it's like sit down and do one of these love language tests with your spouse. And like 99% of the the time, you're going to see this is consistent amongst spouses is like the man needs to feel respect and the woman needs to feel love and cared for. And so even beyond, like if you follow life and marriage, the Christian way, this is going to be pretty consistent upon within the love languages. Yeah. Yeah. I believe so as well. I don't think, I genuinely don't think there is a single woman out there who doesn't want to feel protected, secure, comforted by the presence of her husband, who, whose ultimate function, like I said, is to, uh, is to assume responsibility for the unit. I don't think there's a single woman out there who is secure in herself, not a power hungry woman who's just out there to prove to the world that she is the boss. Okay. But a, a a woman, a wise woman, who recognizes the importance of the function that her husband carries, and then also her functions as well. Yeah, this makes me think of the conversation we were having in the car earlier earlier about, you know, like really like overbearing women. And I was telling you, I was like, I don't think that that's, they don't want to be that. Like they don't, it's not like they're power hungry. They're not trying to be well, most of the time they're not power hungry and they're not trying to be in control. But a lot of times these are the women that had to do it themselves for so long that they feel like nobody else is going to do it if they don't do it. And so they take on that responsibility, but it's a burden. And you see like, like if this is your wife, like she becomes like more like bitter and yeah, controlling and nobody wants to be that, but she's not being like that because like, men and women are different. Like she's not trying to be respected or have authority. No, she's usually being that way because she feels the weight of the world is on her shoulders and nobody else is going to take care of it if she doesn't. Yes. And there are relationships like that. You know, there are women who are by themselves and who obviously feel a great responsibility for, for themselves and for their families. You know, a lot of single moms out there as well. But unfortunately, there are a lot of uh, married couples where the man just doesn't see that as being his function. And so that weight gets uh, put on the woman's shoulders and uh, it's reflective in her behavior, in her mood, in the way that she carries herself and her stress levels. And I think for a lot of men out there, it's a good reflection, like a litmus test of what they should be doing or maybe what they're not currently doing that they should be doing. Yeah, to take some of that, to to share in that in that burden, to Absolutely. make it lighter for everybody. Absolutely. As far as I'm concerned, you know, if uh, you know your wife or your girlfriend, whatever else, if they slave away, you know, at work and come back to you playing video games all the time or whatever else, 
you know, that's just not a sustainable way mm-hmm. to, uh, to carry that relationship. And I would even go as far as to say that for women as well, who see th- those tendencies of people that maybe they're seeing, maybe not married to, you know, if you're married to somebody, you're kind of quote unquote stuck with them and you just have to work through that. Yeah. But if you're in those beginning stages, just run away. You don't need yeah. that in your life. Yeah. And then if you are already married to this person, like, you know, I said, I always say this, like God doesn't give us the finished product. He doesn't give us the house already made. He gives us the raw materials, the two by fours, the nails, the hammer, and then you build that house, you know? So it's not a lost cause. It is something that I believe you can work on. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, maybe also, you know, uh, for houses where the man is not perhaps performing his functions, you know, it is also something for the woman to reflect on herself about what is she doing or not doing in order to keep the man in in that space as well. Is he does he not feel respected? Does he not feel masculine? You know, does he not feel like he is in charge of certain things? So it's an exercise for both. Because obviously, you know, when something doesn't work in a relationship or in marriage, you know about it right away. You may be neglecting to address it, but the problem is always there. And oftentimes, going back to the basics of what the functions, the basic functions of each member of the household, going back to that, I believe uh, would address 99% of the problem. I know anytime you and I, are tiffin, you know, we're, we're beefing that whatever disharmony that that produces, it just wasn't worth it um, relative to what it is when we have harmony. So it's not degrading to me. It's not degrading to me to provide for your needs. I feel like that is my role as your wife is like, if I don't provide for your needs, who else, who else will, who else can? It is, it's an opportunity. I feel like it's actually a gift for me to be able to provide for your needs. Yeah. Um, and that and it goes the other, it goes the other way too, right, baby? Because, you know, you mentioned love languages, uh, you know, a couple of moments ago. And what is a successful marriage? A successful marriage is a marriage is a union of service, mm. right? It's, yes. it's like, like we've been talking about before. It's stepping outside of yourself. Yeah. Taking out I, me, myself, and focusing on the greater good of the union. Yeah. And so, no, it shouldn't be degrading to understand, well, this is the function in this relationship, and this is how I should uphold it. This is the type of service that I provide to my husband and to my wife. Yes. And that, in turn, brings out the best in that person. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. uh, You know, it's, it's kind of, um, it's a little trippy, right? Because you get away from the notion of self and I need, and I need, and I need, but the more that you give, the more that you receive. I know that God uses you to speak to me. And I feel like that's something that's so special about marriage is you know, that he uses, he uses the people closest to us. You know, God isn't just some intangible, faraway person. Like he's here, he's within us, he's within the people closest to us. And so I think that's 
another reason, like we can't ever take each other for granted. We have to always look at each other with this honor that this is the greatest gift that God has given us is each other. And he uses one another to speak to us. And there's so many things that I would miss or points I wouldn't get. And that's why it is important to like respect you and honor you. Even if what I think you're saying is like silly or I already know it, or I don't agree with it. Or, you know, my first thing, you know, we're working on this is like, I I tend to rebel against whatever you say. I push back, I push back, but I think it's just because I'm overwhelmed in that moment. And then as soon as I process it, I end up doing what you said anyways. Um, But it's, I think it's like actually taking the time to realize that like, it may not be just this person speaking to me, but like God is speaking to me through them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's a whole nother topic of, you know, how does a successful Christian marriage, you know, functions, but I do think, yes, it definitely starts with, well, what are our functions? You know, let's agree on that just so we don't have to be confused when something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And then how do we capitalize on those functions and make sure that we're most efficient and effective and productive with the way that we carry them out? Yeah. Um, so yes, all of those things, I'm in complete agreement. Last thing um, before we go is the ways that we protect our marriage, because a lot of people think we're crazy for the things that we do to protect our marriage too, but it's so important because um I don't know if it was, we're, we're in a marriage class right now. So I'll talk about that just a bit is, yeah, we're already married, but we went back and we decided to do this prep for marriage class to just make sure we've got this strong foundation for all the, the various highs and lows that are inevitably going to come over the span of our lives. Um, and in one of the videos that the pastor said, you know, even if something isn't necessarily wrong it doesn't mean it's wise. So I think their example was like this, this, this guy, he was driving somewhere with a female coworker and his wife was upset and he was, he reflected back on it and he was like, yeah, maybe I actually shouldn't be in the car with this, this woman alone with this woman, because when making a decision, you have to consider your past, uh, consider your present and consider where you want to be in the future. So if your goal is like a happy, healthy marriage, you have to take that into consideration with all of your decisions, big and small. And so I, some of the things that we do to to protect our marriage is this goes back to alcohol, Um, you know, not drinking without each other, not partying without each other. Not that we don't even really do that, but I do have a history of, of that lifestyle. So um, this may not be relevant to everybody, but for me, that was something I really used to struggle with and what would happen when I drink and just you know, the spiral of that. So it's a big reason I, I don't really drink much anymore. Um, unless it's like a special occasion, but it's just wise not to do that without. Yeah. So that's yeah. 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 A lot of it stems from, you know, protecting your marriage, um, by protecting your triggers, you know, and, uh, you know, your own and we know each other's. And so, yes, that's been a great exercise. And the fact that you and I are doing it together as well, you know, Mm -hmm. like you're not alone in this endeavor, both you and I are responsible for each other's behavior and habits. You know, it's just, it's not just a single person who's trying to hold down the fort by himself or herself. 
Yes. And I actually, I find so much freedom when I am struggling with something like be it a temptation or a thought or like something comes up for me that's really hard to share. I've tried to like battle it out on my own and just like me and God, and it just eats me alive. And I have to confess it to you for some reason. It's just like how I process. I don't feel like I'm able to be free of it until I confess it to you. And then this thing that like was causing me all this pain and torment and struggle and confusion and doubt and all these things, it literally goes away the minute I confess this to you. It's like I bring it out into the light and Satan can no longer torment me with it in the darkness because I've, I've told you, I'm like, Hey, I'm struggling with this, this temptation or this thought or, you know, something of the past or whatever. And the minute I tell you, it literally vanishes from my, my thoughts. And, and what do you know? That's also biblical, you know, you know, people, you know, we don't just follow these rules just because these rules exist. You know, we follow these rules and we're disciplined to the extent that we are in these rules because they genuinely give freedom and yeah. uh, lead to a prosperous, uh, happy life. Thank you for being on my podcast tonight. I really appreciate you jumping on and I want to see a lot more of you. And, you know, we're going to make this process more seamless to where it doesn't take us an hour and a half next time. (laughs) Well, you know, the more we go into topics and discussions, the more, you know, the deeper we start exploring all these different things. So I'm actually looking forward to, uh, you know, long sessions like this, because I feel like it gives a lot of, it just uncovers a lot of different things. And I feel like people, people need to hear a lot of the stuff that we go through and some of these, you know, ways that we, or some of the perspectives that we have, so I'm grateful to have been on it. Um, I look forward to seeing you in exactly two minutes when I open <laughs> that door. Let's <laughs> go for a walk. Yes, exactly. And um, I just can't wait to see how this journey unfolds for you and for the both of us because it does feel like something incredibly special. And I'm uh, very much thrilled to see what's next. Oh, I love you, baby. I love you.